Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, everybody, from inside Hard Rock Stadium? Man, was it a hard knock life for most of this game for the Buffalo Bills? Figured it out in the end. Uh, dramatic fashion, winning 21-14, fourth quarter comeback. The Bills are the AFC East champions for the fourth straight year. And, Ryan, I got to strut a little bit to start this thing off because Absolutely. I, I seem to remember us having a conversation a couple weeks ago and you telling me that it was a little bit of a bold prediction to say that the Bills could come back and win the AFC East and now at the time I made that 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 prediction I didn't know how banged up the Dolphins were going to be down the stretch and I I definitely think that that played into this situation but it felt like this was a night where with Tyreek Hill, with Tua Tonga-Viola on the field, the Bills were doing everything in this game to hand the division title over to the Dolphins, and they were incapable of taking it. The Bills win the division, just as I predicted when I believe they were 6-6. Six and six. So much to get in here uh, on Shout, a Buffalo Bills football podcast brought to you by Topps Friendly Markets. And, you know, Topps has real meat from real butchers. While the other stores have their meat packed in central processing facilities, Tops has real butchers you can trust to serve the very best for your family. Expert butchers hand cut fresh, high quality USDA choice beef and premium pork in store daily. If you don't see what you need, custom cuts and special requests are welcome. Large assortment of all natural grass-fed, antibiotic-free and plant-based options are there for your family. Tops, real meat, real butchers. All right, Ryan. We got to get into the crux of this thing, and we got to start with Josh Allen. Take us through the roller coaster ride that we went on uh, with Mr. Allen tonight. Yeah, you know, you just mentioned Tops Butchers, and Josh Allen almost butchered this game for the Buffalo Bills with some of the decisions that he made, uh, some of the throws that he made. And, you know, it, it wasn't all on him. There were some, the first interception, probably another miscommunication between Josh Allen and Gabe Davis. The second interception, uh, actually helped the Bills in terms of field position and flipping the field, but he had Dalton Kincaid on that play right off the snap. You throw it to him, you move the change, you live for another day. 
uh, fumbles the ball on a sack with Christian Wilkins recovering it. Just a lot of mistakes over the course of the game. But when you needed him the most, he made those plays. A third and 13, he takes off for 15 yards on the ground. Uh, deep ball down the field to Stefan Diggs after they misconnected on one where Allen overthrew him again. Deep ball down the sideline to Khalil Shakir. Multiple passes that are right on the money to Dalton Kincaid. Josh Allen, like you said, it was a roller coaster for all the downs. There were so many ups, and he helped lead this team back from when they were down 14 to 7. After obviously the emotional swing of the Deontay Hardy punt return, which we'll get into later. Things settled in, and that's when Josh Allen really did help take over this game. You know, the turnovers are something that we've been talking about all season long. And there was a miscommunication on that first play. But if you really boil it down, there were three plays in this game that Josh Allen made. Two of them ended up being turnovers. One was at the end of the half, and we'll get into that play as well. But if situationally, Josh Allen has awareness for the situation. And listen, some people crush me for my take at halftime. I said the Josh, the, the Bills were losing because of Josh Allen in the first quarter, first half. Of course, James Cook dropped the touchdown pass. That right. was bad. Okay. You need that to happen. But if you take three plays, you start with the first one to Gabe, Gabe Davis. Miscommunication, right? But you know that is a low percentage throw, no matter which direction Gabe Davis turns into. You need to end drives with points throw it away take the sack whatever you got to do take your three points the play at the end of the half to ty johnson sean mcdermott was very critical of josh allen at halftime and said that's a throw you have to throw it out of bounds i don't know a lot of fans took umbrage with that because it's sean mcdermott saying that on national tv and there's people that have their their um heels dug in on on sean mcdermott and don't like that Josh Allen said it after the game that he's got to throw that ball out of bounds. He said the exact same thing. You cost yourself at least three points there because if you throw it out of the out of bounds, you take those three points, they're six. Now you go to the second half. When he fumbles the ball, putting the ball in jeopardy, he's done a much better job this year of not putting the ball in jeopardy when it comes to the fumbles. But in that spot, you have to know you're going down. You have to secure the ball. And I know he always wants to make that extra play, but you have three points. You're in field goal range at that point. Take the three points. Those are nine points right there that I understand the highs of Josh Allen are so high that he you don't want to stop him from reaching for those highs because we saw what that means in the second half. When they needed big plays, he made them. But this was a game. Your defense came out and was playing really good. You just need to make sure that while you were waiting for those big-time drives, you just didn't make mistakes to allow the Dolphins to stay in the game, and that's what I think they did in this one. Yeah, that's just it. I mean, when you make mistake after mistake, you leave the door open for a Dolphins team that was very wounded going into this game. And, you know, had the outcome been different, Matt, we would be having a pretty serious talk right now about what the rematch would look like next week at Hard Rock Stadium with Jalen Waddle, with Raheem Mostert likely back in the fold. Uh, but luckily, we don't have to have that talk. And as far as Sean McDermott criticizing Josh Allen, I had absolutely no issue with that at halftime. This is not a rookie quarterback. This is not a second-year quarterback. This is a guy that has been in the league long enough to know that you cannot throw that pass to Ty Johnson. Uh, you know, Ty Johnson was just a, a stretch of the arm away from scoring a touchdown. I get it. There was definitely, uh, you know, what should have been a penalty for uh, Jerome Baker, I believe, launching himself at Johnson. But 
he needs to be smarter. I mean, it knocked being, him out of the game. Yeah, not literally. The NFL's got to figure. I'm sorry to cut you off. The NFL's no. got to figure out something to do here with this kind of stuff. There's got to be some type of sky judge or something in a scenario like that. It's such a horrible look for the league and just like what it means for like the safety of the players, but also the fairness of the game. That should have been a penalty. You should have got another chance to run a play, whatever the case may be. Uh, you, you take the field goal there. It changes the complexion of the game when you miss those kind of calls. And it's clear after a replay within two minutes, I get it's not a scoring drive, but maybe have it all plays like that where there's a potential head to head collision. You're able to kind of look that back. It's just these, these plays week after week pile up and you just get so annoyed with it because on either side of it, if it had happened on the other side, and I know that this is a Bills podcast, and I'm sure Bills fans are like, well, who cares if it would have gone bad for the Dolphins? But it's just like a, a league thing and just like having it go the right way for both sides so that it's as fair as possible. And that is, you know, Ty Johnson left this game with a head with, with, with a head evaluation. I don't know if it was uh, – I, lo- I lost it in the mix if it was ended up being a concussion. But yes. either way, just a horrible look for the league. Yeah, it was listed as a concussion when they ruled him out of the game. Uh, terrible look for the league. If the league can review an ineligible man downfield because you literally had the official uh, penalizing Miami at one point in the game, he, he called it, and then all of a sudden another official approached him and said, nope, it was reviewed, and he was he actually had a part of the body behind the line. If you can review something like that, you should be able to review targeting uh, and, and plays of that nature because you know that was just a vicious helmet-to-helmet hit. Uh, it was the the rule by the you know by the letter of the law, but you know coming full circle, coming back to our discussion, Josh Allen made some mistakes tonight, but he rose to the occasion when they needed him most. He made some great plays uh, with his arm, with his legs, and as long as he can make plays like that, the Bills are going to be in uh, any one of these playoff games, starting with the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. I mean, you look at the final numbers, and at times, thinking back to it, he only had eight incompletions in this game. He finished with a 79% completion rate, 30 of 38, 358 yards through the air, two touchdowns, the two interceptions we talked about, the fumble. He had 15 carries, was the Bills' leading rusher. He was the true definition of MVP in a game where I was as critical as I've been of him in the first half just because – this was a game on the road where you just can't afford the turnovers because you you give them life. And you also put yourself as a team in a position where you allow the Dolphins to play where they're comfortable with the lead for most of the game, right? Um, I thought the way they flipped things in the second half, the way the defense played against the run in the second half was outstanding. We'll get to that in a moment. But final thought on Josh is just like, the criticism that I that I had out there, it was specific because we have to be to a point where he could self-regulate within a game because these are the kinds of mistakes that year two, year three, even year four and year five, you can understand because he's still kind of coming into his powers, right? Like still trying to operate an NFL offense while being able to do all these unbelievable things. He's got to get to a point in his career. And it's a point I made on a show with Pat Moran this week that I think one of the things that that goes into my take that I think Josh Allen is the best player in the league is because I still don't think he's hit his ceiling. I think there's a cerebral level of play that Josh Allen can reach where he is the hero, hero ball Josh Allen, all while 
being able to operate smart as a as a decision maker and as a passer and as a runner. And at times he wasn't that tonight, but it didn't matter because he still is so good. He finds a way to make enough plays in the game. And credit Joe Brady, too. I thought in the second half, his play calling on, on, on the touchdown drive and uh, it, in the fourth quarter when they needed to kind of extend drives, keep the clock going, it was a really good night for Joe Brady. Yeah, Joe Brady caught some criticism for Buffalo's play early on in the game from fans on social media, and I, I pushed back a little bit. I said, I don't think any of this really falls on Joe Brady. I think that the Bills are moving the ball up and down the field at will in this game on offense. Uh, you just read the stats on Josh Allen, only eight incompletions. They weren't necessarily running the ball well. The offensive line uh, didn't have their greatest night, but they were still marching it up and down the field, getting big chunk plays getting into scoring range. It's just the way that the drives ended. Now, maybe you want to criticize if you want to put some of that on, on Brady's plate in terms of the play calling near the, the goal line. By all means, I suppose you can do that. But a miscommunication with Gabe Davis, a drop touchdown by James Cook, little things like that don't fall on the coordinators, uh, you know, in my opinion. And, and like I said, Josh Allen went over 300 yards on the evening. Uh, he, he made that defense look the bad throughout the night. Uh, so there's an interesting comment here on in the in the YouTube channel, and it says that uh, Joe Brady. Uh, he said, "Yeah, about Joe Brady having a good game, but the run play he kept calling was some BS." And I think what he's talking about is some of those first down runs where James Cook was struggling. You know, Josh Allen under center, but. They did something that I think is very important to point out and understand that even when you see something like that and you're like, all right, one or two yard gain, throw that out. What did that potentially affect in this game, Ryan? Play action. Check out yeah. the st stat from Next Gen Stats. Josh Allen completed nine of 11 passes of play action in this game for 167 yards, and both of his passing touchdowns came off of play action. Allen recorded his two highest games of CPOE this season against the Dolphins. Um, I don't actually know what that stat stands for. I had to look it up. But uh, <laughs> plus 14.2%. Next Gen gets into the fucking it's freaking weed. Sorry, it's late. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to say the F word there. It is late. I'm exhausted, Ryan. This has been such a wild day. We, we got to the stadium. We did Buffalo kickoff live at um, 11 in the morning, went back to the hotel in between, came back to the stadium, the up and down nature of this game, running around at the press conference. I missed Sean McDermott because they rushed him out really early. It's been hectic. So sorry. I'm, I'm a little bit just, I'm running on, um, I'm running on overdrive. I feel like Dan Fates. Uh, I don't know if you caught <laughs> the video of Dan the Fates half arm run. Doing, oh, the yeah. most, doing the most from the office. Bum, 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 I bum, almost bum, did bum. that He's whole actually doing his. He's doing his show over there. Let's see if we can pick it. Buffalo Plus folks are, are doing their show over there. You see him over there? Oh, Look there at him. Are. Look at that legend over there. Look at him over there. He is so impressive. He shoots the game, gets over to Josh Allen. Shout out to Dan Fates. Uh, that's awesome. But anyway, um, we're on YouTube. I, I can swear a little bit. It's a podcast. A it's bit. not that big of a, a deal. Um, anyway, the point of that to uh, the commenter on YouTube is that even though the Bills weren't gaining big yards with those runs, you have to stick with the run game. Right. You Play action isn't predicated off the success in the run game or even running the ball, but I think those looks definitely played into the success that Josh Allen had uh, on play action. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it, it freezes some of the players, some of the linebackers. It draws them up. It, they're anticipating another run game. And we talked about this leading up to this matchup against the Dolphins. 
Lamar Jackson and company absolutely shredded the Dolphins defense with play action. I believe he had three touchdowns. Uh, he completed a, an obscene amount of his passes, perhaps was perfect uh, on play action passes over 200 yards in the game. And I guarantee you the Kansas City Chiefs are going to utilize play action this upcoming weekend uh, against the Miami Dolphins as well. There he is, that running. Look at Your this guy. Start, man. I can't so I wanted to, you can, he can't hear you. He can't hear you, Ryan, but. Um, I wanted to talk to the viral sensation himself <laughs> real quick. And everybody in the comments is like, let's get a shout Buffalo plus collab real quick. That's it. Would love How, dude, Moe's from the office. Is yes. that what everybody's yeah, talking about? Yeah, yeah. How did that feel? Felt good. It felt good. Felt good. I, a little faster than Thad Brown. Just, just a hair faster than Thad. Dude, you caught him so yeah. quickly. Like that's the he, second time I run with a camera. Cause this was Thanksgiving in new Orleans. I also ran off the field chasing Josh Allen, like most route. So this is a, this is a thing. Listen. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta fix it. Knowing who you were running after to run him down, I got to say, player of the game, media-wise, I'm giving it to Dan Fates. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Have Travel safe, buddy. Back. There yeah, he is. God. Dan Fates. Buffalo Plus YouTube channel also. Yes, go find it. They, they just they're putting up their show. It's great. He smoked them. And Thad. Tough night for Thad. Tough night. Um, talking to Jenna and uh, Mike over there as well. All right. So, where do you want to go next, Ryan? Oh, Deontay Hardy. How have we not gotten yeah. to Deontay Hardy? We're 15 minutes into this podcast. Let's let's go there because I think Deontay Hardy is a good starting point for players that you weren't expecting to have big nights for this team, whether it was touchdowns, whether it was stepping up due to injury uh, and having to come in and play some snaps. But let's let's go with Deontay Hardy first. All season long, we've sat there and said, man, you know, Deontay Hardy is supposed to be able to stretch the field as a wide receiver. He's supposed to be able to make these big plays in the punt return game. Where have they been? He's apparently been waiting for the biggest moment of the year, Matt. Uh, week 18, when the Bills needed it most, when they're down, 96-yard punt return touchdown. It probably would be one of those plays that if you were watching at Hard Rock Stadium, if you're watching at home, you're like, oh, my gosh, this guy is drifting back, drifting back. He catches the ball at the four-yard line, doesn't signal for the fair catch, obviously, but you're like, why is he catching it inside the five? And then he starts to take off, and you say, never mind. This is a great play. Brilliant move. And and at the very end, you know, I love the fact that Puna Ford was uh, lined up with the punter, and that was the last man for Hardy to beat. So with when all that said and done, Hardy, you know, made his money for this contract in, in one night with this game-changing play. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, and it's a guy that, like, you could feel it in the locker room, like, post-game. Like, remember a couple weeks ago he was benched in a game, inactive, and uh, they brought up Andy Isabella, who didn't have a lot of run in that game. But it's something that, like, you know, it, until you make a play like this, when the most of your opportunities are coming uh, in the special teams arena, it, it's probably got to feel hard for a guy who – probably envisioned a larger role coming here. They signed him to a deal. Somebody makes a, a, a point in here about, you know, Hardy's a lot in money 
with maybe uh, 500 to a million more, you might be able to get DeAndre Hopkins or maybe you'd have to pay a little bit more to get him. And uh, that's something that the, maybe the Bills have been missing all season. That's a separate conversation. But Hardy hasn't yielded over the course of the season the kind of return that I think Bills fans were hoping for when Brandon Bean inked him to that contract. But to have this moment in this game, and have it be as maybe a spark to not only his season, but Trent Sherfield's big play, catch of the game off of a you know potential blunder of a play, Josh Allen going over the middle, the ball going off of a defender's helmet, going what feel, felt like uh, miles into the air and maybe going through uh, the uprights for a field goal there. Trent, Trent Sherfield comes down with it, tiptoes in the back of the end zone. Huge play for him. Both of those guys making big plays, they're going to need them. Because we don't know the status of Gabe Davis, who suffered a knee injury in this game, did not return. And I thought it was interesting how effective the offense operated in the second half. That's not necessarily indicative of the fact that Gabe Davis wasn't there. But I think that there's something to be said for a change if Gabe Davis is out for any amount of time. For teams to have to prepare for what this offense is going to be, utilizing Trent Sherfield and tr- utilizing Deontay Hardy when there's not a lot of film of them in this offense in the roles that they now have to play. I think there's a little bit of intrigue there as you go into the playoffs here over the next couple of weeks, however the, how, however long the Bills last. Yeah, and first of all, a quick shout-out Gabe Davis. Uh, he did seal a block for Khalil Shakir on that short pass that he took about, I think, 50 yards on that play. Uh, so Indeed. I know he didn't show up on the stat sheet, but he, he it was still an excellent blocker when he was on the field. But, you know, you're, you're right. And in the past few weeks, we've been sitting here talking about Stefan Diggs and him not being on the field and taking himself off the field. And why is Trent Sherfield out there? Well, Trent Sherfield was getting some valuable reps the past few weeks. And uh, tonight he made some catches for this team. Obviously, the biggest one being that touchdown where ball bounces off of Andrew Van Ginkle's helmet. And I have no idea what uh, Eli Apple was doing at that point. He, I don't know. I think it looked like he was trying to track the ball, but he he had no awareness of, hey, there's a Bills player right there kind of waiting for it. And Trent Sherfield just waiting, 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 catching the ball, making sure his feet stayed in was, was just such a big play because the offense wasn't clicking necessarily at that point uh, with all the turnovers, with everything else. And so now you, you do have some intrigue in that wide receiver room. And, and it was just a, a big night for Hardy, big night for Trent Sherfield, and big nights for a lot of other guys, too, that you weren't expecting to step up, Matt. Khalil Shakir, six catches, 105 yards, 17.5 yards per reception, leads the Bills in um, yards and yards per catch. And he goes over 600 yards for the season. And you know, I think has definitely set the stage for what I think can be the Bills, depending on how the market shakes out for Gabe Davis, being comfortable handing over a larger role to Shakir next season. I know it's not a perfect fit because they do different things, but I think you found your answer in the slot with Shakir. He could do multiple things. You could do different things with him. Maybe, maybe he fits that what they wanted Gabe Davis to be over the last two years a little bit better. Somebody that can play multiple positions. You go out and you invest a, a high-end draft pick in a wide receiver this offseason. We have plenty of time to talk about all of that. But Khalil Shakir in this spot tonight, he was clutch. Dalton Kincaid, who sets the single-season tight ends record, which you predicted uh, on our preview show going yeah. into this show, uh, 73 catches for him for the season, and he was just such a safety blanket for Josh Allen in this game. And the Bills offense at times 
it never really was struggling. They had 400, over 400 yards of offense. It felt like they were moving the ball. And a lot of that was predicated on um, Stefan Diggs having a big game. I mean, again, we're talking about Diggs. Another game where if they connect on that deep ball in the first half, probably goes for a 60, 70 yard touchdown. He goes over a hundred, has a gate, uh, a touchdown in the game. They're so close to breaking through. You put out an article on the Diggs um, post game interaction with Josh Allen. What was that about? Cause I haven't seen that video yet. Yeah. So after the game, Josh Allen was going over to the fans that were in attendance, getting them riled up, getting them, you know, pumped up, thanking them. And Stefan Diggs ran over to Josh Allen, gave him a big hug and, uh, you know, he tried to cover his mouth so the cameras wouldn't pick it up, but he was loud enough where he said, four more, four more, four more. So four more games for this Bills team that has treated the last five weeks like the playoffs, win in advance, and they've won all five of those games. And now you're in the, the actual dance. And Stefan Diggs, it seems like the mindset uh, uh, is right where it needs to be. He's been the great teammate that Sean McDermott has mentioned throughout this stint where he hasn't maybe been getting the ball as much. He is focused on this team making it further than they've ever made it in the playoffs. And listen, this might be the year, Matt. I don't want to predict anything wild, but the AFC is wide open this year. Obviously, no Bengals in the playoffs. Joe Burrow's not in it. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs haven't looked right. Uh, Baltimore is for as good of a season as they've had. We have not seen the Ravens do much in the playoffs with Lamar Jackson. Maybe that changes this year. There's a real chance for this team to make noise. And that interaction was really special between Diggs and Allen. But one last thing on Shakir, you know, you and I went on a road trip to that DC game and the night before the game, we did a bills podcast with some, uh, former players, one being Eric molds who, trained Khalil Shakir in the offseason, and he told me in that to interaction, one of our interactions, he goes, I told Shakir, once you get on the field, if you make a few plays, you're going to build trust with Josh Allen quickly, and then you're going to be counted on more and more, and we've seen that over the course of this season. The trust that Josh Allen has in him, Allen has said it at the podium. Sean McDermott's had major praise for him. He catches the short pass, takes it 50 yards. Uh, there's a, a pick play where he goes down the sideline and he sets up a first and goal from the three. Khalil Shakir in his second season has made significant plays for this offense. And it's exciting because he's just scratching the surface. You mentioned Dalton Kincaid, who sets the, the rookie, well, not the rookie record, the record for receptions by a tight end. And you're right, leading up to the season, we each came up with three bold predictions. That was one of mine. And it looked a little shaky early on in the year when, uh, he wasn't getting as much playing time, but when he got on the field, he's done great things. And one more shout out on this offense, Matt, Ryan Vandemark. Ryan Vandemark had to come in when Deion Dawkins had a severe laceration on his hand. They uh, panned the camera over on NBC and his hand was just covered in blood. Uh, and he had to step out and he had to get it uh, wrapped up and, and uh, have some work done to it. Vandemark stepped up, held his own at left tackle, uh, a very tough position to come in in a playoff-like atmosphere and be able to uh, do enough to help that team, the Bills, put up points on the scoreboard. Um, yeah, I want to take you into the Deion Dawkins injury because I got a chance to catch up with him in the locker room. I want to explain it a little bit, but before I do, 
Uh, make sure you hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel as well. It's been such a great year here on Shout. We're up over 10,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel. It really helps if you hit that like button. Subscribe as well. Send the channel to a friend. Tell them Happy New Year and that they should subscribe for all their Bills playoff coverage. We'll be live uh, two times a week. Uh, I'll have multiple podcasts uh, throughout the playoff weeks. We're going to keep it locked and loaded right here on Shout. Uh, and if you want to take it to the next level, become a Shout Buffalo Bills insider by texting 716-528-6727. We send text messages all week long. We interact with uh, fans via text message. You have access to me and Ryan. If you have questions, comments, concerns, we're probably going to uh, set up another Zoom session here coming up sh- shortly. Um, but but get in. You get a two-week free trial, uh, $3.99 a month uh, after that. Email me, mperino at myup.com. I'm always willing to give out a free month trial the Shout Text Line is brought to you by Carrie C. Byer, attorney with the law offices of Francis M. Letro, located at 237 Main Street, Buffalo, New York. If you or someone you know is seriously injured, give them a call, 716-852-1234, or check out LetroLaw.com. Ryan, we got some big news. Wingnuts, the live show. We are bringing our preview episode of Bills versus Steelers to Wingnuts Saturday night. The event starts at 6. Let me specify this so everybody knows. The show will start at 7. A lot of people came to the show uh, two weeks ago, uh, and we're, we're thinking that the show is going to start at 6. We get there at 6. We're usually kind of bouncing around, talking to people, taking pictures, whatever. We do the show at 7, then we hang out afterwards. We have some beer. We have some pic- We take some pictures. It's a great night. Uh, Millersport Highway, 1402 Millersport Highway, Amherst, New York, the brand new wing nuts, Ryan Talbot, Matt Perino, night before the Steelers game. Be there. It is going to be a giant party of the event page out later tonight over on Facebook. I cannot wait, Ryan. I cannot wait either. I'm trying to convince my family from Georgia to make the trip. Uh, my, my cousin Rich is a Bills fan. His wife, Amy, and my cousin Amy uh, is a Steelers fan. So I, I'm trying to convince him to make the trip to Georgia. I'm I'm dangling wing nuts as a dangling carrot, so to speak, the night before. So fingers crossed. Uh, anyone that can join us there, come on. You won't regret it. Unbelievable food and beers. And join us, like Matt said. We're there before the show. We're there after. We can't wait. All right. So, um What was the other thing I wanted to talk about real quick? Oh, Deion Dawkins. I was like, <laughs> I spaced out there for a second. Um, there's People always ask me, like, what are these, like, live shows when we come down to the field? Um, there's people cleaning up. There's people going in carts behind me. It's, it's a wild place down here. Um, so Dawkins, I look at his finger and the webbing of his finger. So right here, like, where his, uh, like, the under, like, where his, behind his knuckles connects mm-hmm. to his fingers his middle finger was ripped all the way from one side, all the way to the other. They had stitches on there. And I asked him what happened. He said his finger got caught on a player, whether it was a face mask or uh, shoulder pads and his hand bent back and just literally ripped open the skin. And that's why the, the bleeding was so profusely came back, got it stitched up. And I said, was there ever any thought about not going into the back into the game? How much did it hurt? And he said, it hurt pretty bad, but when you sign your name on the dotted line, you become a part of the team. You sign a contract. You got to go out there and play. And, you know, he was a warrior tonight. Went back out there. But to your point, Ryan Vandermark comes in here. We talked about him back in training camp. Left tackle where is where I feel like he's the most comfortable. Got himself an opportunity. Made the most of it. But Dawkins was able to come back into the game. 
Yeah, huge, huge moment for Vandemark. Uh, great to see Dawkins come back into the game during crunch time, too. Um, just some, you know, th- this offensive line has been together all season long, and to be without a player of Dawkins' caliber was, go- you know, it was a little bit scary, man, not knowing what to expect, what was going to happen. So happy he was able to come back in. We are having a lot of comments in the chat about Russell Douglas. So we'll, how about we pivot to Russell Douglas? Uh, exits the game post game. I cannot remember who shared it on social media. Uh, might've been Matt Beauvais. I'll have to double check that, but he talked with Russell Douglas and I don't want to say Douglas is going to be fine, but Douglas said he, he had kind of planned to return to the game, Matt. And yeah. he had this talk though with Dane Jackson and Dane was, you know, said, Hey, you know, I owe you a lot for what you've taught me since you've been here. Uh, if you're not a hundred percent, I've got you, I've got your back. It'll be okay. And, you know, Dane Jackson came up with a big pass defense on the third down play. I know he was called for uh, pass interference at one point, but the way this defense stepped up in the second half without their top cornerback on the field was something to behold. For sure. And, uh, yeah, I got a chance to talk to Rasul Douglas as well, and he said he he felt good. He felt okay. He's going to get it looked at tomorrow, so he'll have a better, clear idea of what it was like. But, you know, I tweeted it out when it happened. I mean, he was on the sideline kind of running in place and running up and down the sideline testing it out. So I think it was in, definitely in a place that was better than first feared when the injury happened and when it, when a guy goes down and he limps off, you always worry about I remember uh, Trey White's injury a couple of years ago when he had the torn ACL. Um, he actually walked off the field, remember, and he was kind of yeah. trying to run on the sideline, and he was he was really emotional. He was walking around. So you, you always fear for those kind of worst-case scenario injuries, but I think they probably dodged a bullet. But again, you know, they can get it back in Buffalo, take a look at it, and it might be something that keeps him out. But having Dane Jackson, a guy that Sean McDermott was, like, a little bit emotional about, a guy that one of those guys that, like, really brings a team together because the opportunity right there to play is not there right now. You know, there's guys on this team like Josh Norman. People don't think a lot about him, but for him to come back to this team and, you know, he had the stint with them a couple of years ago, went on to San Francisco, almost felt like he was on his way to retirement. They bring him back in this mentorship role. He told me the other day, of course I want to be out there playing, but sometimes it's about serving the greater good and being a good teammate. And they have so many of these kinds of guys that have, fit in to such important parts and are lifting up other people. Um, comment, uh, if you want to come back to this, feel free to comment in the chat here, though. We can pivot to this maybe. Huge spot for Balen Specter today. Tyrell Dotson goes out. He's been so good for them at linebacker. Shoulder injury, isn't able to return. Balen Specter comes in, and on the first series, I thought it was a little bit shaky. I'll have to go back and watch it. Maybe that was just me uh, missing a couple plays. But, man, over the course of the game, he made a couple big plays. I thought he was really good in pursuit in the run game. Another day three pick that they throw out in a big spot. And interestingly and noteworthy, Dorian Williams stayed on the sideline. Yeah, that was something that captured everyone's uh, attention on social media, the fact that they went with Spectre over Dorian Williams. And, you know, it, it felt like Spectre was, made some big plays early on in run defense. It looked like he got more comfortable after a series or two, to your credit, uh, where maybe the, the nerves eased up. And even on commentary, Chris Collinsworth and Mike Tirico were saying, man, this looks like the guy that was flying around at Clemson during his college mm-hmm. career. So his hair was always knows? on fire down at Clemson, right? Hair was that on was in fire. all the scouting reports. Yeah. And, you know, it also is a credit to Bobby uh, Babich uh, Jr., who has had these linebackers all ready to go. And, and 
uh, playing at such high levels when their number has been called. You know, you start the year with Matt Milano knowing that you have an all-pro player there, and he goes down, and you get Tyrell uh, Dodson to come in who had lost the starting job that a lot of people thought he was going to get at training camp. He's had an unreal season. Terrell Bernard, unbelievable. And now you get Balen Spector that in a small sample size, a small dose, made some big plays for this defense. It was the Dane Jacksons, the Balen Spectres, and then, you know, the Taylor Raps, who's had a bigger role for this defense, Matt, but in a need to make a stop drive late, he has back-to-back plays. One on a throw to Tyree Kill where he comes in, knocks the ball away, which almost gets intercepted by Christian Benford. Tyreek Hill limps off after the play due to the hit. The next play, you know, Rap reads it. He makes a diving interception, seals the win for Buffalo. So you're getting these contributions from players that those aren't the guys that you're expecting to make that have to have it play for you. You're expecting maybe it to be um, one of your star safeties in Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, or you're expecting it to be uh, Terrell Bernard and not Balen Spector in these moments, but guys keep stepping up. That whole next man up mentality is a real thing in Buffalo, and this coaching staff has the depth players ready to go. Yeah, and I think Rap is a guy that's gotten a bad rap over the course of the season. I mean, he's taken a lot of heat from Bills fans at various times, kind of been in and out of the lineup, has had a couple spot starts. You know, they've been really leaning into this dime package over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, I think that's really helped him get, you know, find a role in this defense, find some, you know, momentum in in terms of getting some reps. And he comes out in a big spot tonight. And, you know, this is a team I felt like the dime pivot was almost built for a team like the Dolphins and maybe in a couple of weeks that they have to end up playing the Ravens. And Taylor Rapp's going to be really important to what they do there. And Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, you know, didn't look great on the Devin Achan run uh, that went for a touchdown. Yeah. But let's be honest, like a lot of people with some, you know, very critical comments on that run, like most safeties in this league in open space, in open field, are not going to have an answer for Devin Achan. I think he's one of the most exciting young players in the league, not, not only just running backs, but like the guy just with the ball in his oh, hands, yeah. he's super special. They did a really good job shutting him down in the second half. I thought Poyer had a couple of big time hits. Dane Jackson, like that play on third and short to come up in coverage, to read the play, to put a hit on Barrios and stop him from getting a couple yards. That, that was, those were pivotal moments in this game. Christian Benford coming out on the first drive and you know, the, if the offense goes down and gets points there, we're probably talking more about how Christian Benford made a statement on the first drive, intercepts a ball where he wasn't even on Tyreek Hill on that play. He was kind of like over to the left side, read the play with Tua going to Tyreek down the hill, made a made a move over to uh, Tyreek Hill and makes the interception. It was, a, it was a really nice play. Yeah, really, really nice play. A lot of guys stepping up. Uh, some comments here, Matt, about how the Steelers are getting an extra day to prepare for the Bills. I don't look at it like that. Just shifting gears real quick to the, a lot of people commenting here. Think of it this way. The Bills have an extra day to kind of recuperate. It's better that they're not playing on a Saturday after all these injuries gives them a chance. But the Steelers didn't know who they were going to play until after this Sunday night football game was over. So they're going to have a, a very similar amount of time to prepare for this game. Uh, I think that the Bills are going to be happy. It's a Sunday at 1 o'clock matchup. Uh, TJ Watt being week to week, it makes him unlikely to play in this game, and it gives Buffalo a, a chance to really game plan for it. So to those of you in the comments worried about the preparation aspect of things, 
Uh, I really think it's not going to be a major factor. Also, it's like the Steelers are best case scenario in terms of teams that you could end yeah. up playing in the first round at home. I mean, this is what you want to be in if you're a Bills fan. And so I think from that perspective, they don't have a very good quarterback option. I mean, even if they were to go back to Kenny Pickett, uh, which I don't think that they will do winning three in a row with Mason Rudolph. Who knows? Um, that's going to be very interesting how Mike Tomlin handles that this week. TJ Watt likely going to be out for this game after suffering the knee injury yesterday. So that's going to be something that we'll have to track over the next couple of days. I don't know if there's been a uh, report on that or any update to that report, but we're going to keep it uh, locked onto that situation now that we're pivoting to that game. But I, I think you're in a great spot. I think coming back to Miami would have been horrible. I know it's tough to beat a team two times, but you'd be on the road for the entirety of the playoffs, most likely, in that scenario. You could have ended up with a maybe a, a, a game against the surging Houston Texans with arguably the best young quarterback in the NFL. How about the absolute collapse by the Jacksonville Jaguars from where they were in week five, beating Buffalo, looking like the surging team into the, the real conversation at the top of the hierarchy of the league, and they've completely fumbled the bag to the point where you got to start asking some questions about Doug Peterson. I know he's a Super Bowl-winning coach, but to have that much talent and to have that young quarterback, and I know there was an injury, and I know there were some, some, some extenuating circumstances, and it, the offense was different without Christian Kirk. Big question mark there as well. Yeah, they, it was a collapse. Listen, after the Bills – game there was interviews with Trevor Lawrence about you know them competing for the one seat in the conference and they collapsed on the stretch and I know Lawrence missed some time but um this is not the generational prospect that a lot of people were anticipating I still think he's a solid quarterback but he is not this game changer and Doug Peterson simply did not have Jacksonville ready to play uh, against the Titans today and that gave the Bills, you know, the knowledge going into tonight's game that they were in the playoffs no matter what. But winning this game against the Dolphins was much better because, as you pointed out, a loss here, the Bills are the seventh seed, and that's a lock. There is no, there are no home games at uh, Highmark Stadium if that were to occur. Well, I mean, we have we've had multiple uh, guest appearances, and my man was uh, my man was in the show earlier too. I gotta I gotta fix the camera because you're a tall you're a tall dude. But get in here and just give or two minute or less just reaction to that game because you know watching it it felt like the bills were trying to their hardest to hand the division over the a of the afc east over to the dolphins the dolphins just couldn't take it yeah i mean miami needed to play its a plus game here tonight right like that was the that was the idea they needed to capitalize on the josh allen turnover worthy plays that you knew were going to happen eventually and they needed to run the ball and control the clock and for two quarters you know the first half it looked like like they're going to do exactly that to look sharp because that, you know, the threat of the run game activated the play action. He was hitting his spots, maybe a little high to Tyreek every now and then, but he was connecting on third down. And it was like, wow, they might actually pull this off. And then the Bills just controlled the entire game there in the second quarter or in the second half. When they did get the ball, Miami did get the ball. They got away from the run a little bit. It felt like as the game got closer and, you know, they failed to capitalize on certain opportunities, they started to panic. You so, you know, going into the quicksand, started kicking a little harder and harder before finally the punt return, the 95-yard punt return, and then it was over from there. I think you, you feel all the life just suck out of this building, out of that sideline. Uh, 17 plays there in the second second half all five of those drives four plays or fewer you're not winning games like that you're definitely not beating that buffalo bills team like that so uh and injuries don't help 
of course, but both teams had injuries, man. Razul Douglas goes out there in the first half. Gabe Davis is out there after, what, two series, two offensive series. It's not really an excuse. It explains it, but it's not really an excuse. Like, you still had opportunities to win this game if you're Miami, and you didn't. Now you got to go face the defending Super Bowl champions in their backyard, maybe one of the hardest, if not the hardest, home environment in the NFL uh, in negative 17 or whatever the – it's going to be I'm not ready for that at all. I just booked my flight and I'm crying on the inside. So I'm crying on the inside. So it's funny you say that you're crying on the inside because um my favorite video of the last 10 years was like I think your your first winter in Buffalo when you were coming out of the building, the media room into a snowstorm and like you weren't crying like but your your eyes were watering and i think you were your heart was crying from my face like i it was involuntarily yanking them from my face i wasn't even trying i don't even know if it's going to snow is the crazy thing like i'm not sure it's snowing it's just going to be brick cold outside which is monumentally worse if it's going to be that cold i'd rather something fall from the sky like give me something to look at don't make me just wander this wasteland by myself but hey it is what it is if they play like that the offseason is going to be here in about eight days. So they got to get it together. Mike McDaniel spoke after the game. He thinks Jalen Waddle is going to be back. He thinks he's optimistic, at least, that Waddle and Mostert will be back. They got to wait and see on Andrew Van Ginkle. That was an unbelievable injury considering the luck they've had at that position. Cam Hood as well, man. The kids barely played this year. Seventh round pick in 2022. He had a nose for the ball. He was around the play at the very least. That's all you can ask gets hurt on that punt return, runs into, I think, knocks into Alec Ingold, kind of contributed to the whole thing. That outlook's not looking good. So they're going to have to sign some guys off the street to go chase Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead in the playoffs. It's going to take another A-plus effort from them. It's going to take a A-plus effort. Because I can't say another, this was not it. Get some Joe's barbecue while you're there. Some Joe's barbecue. I was about to say, I know you guys have all the wrecks, man. You've been there 50 times. I know. All right. It was great to see you, brother. Bye before I go. Appreciate you. Love you guys. Miss you. The man, the myth, the legend, Marcel Louis Jacques, right here in Hard Hard Rock Stadium. All right. Where do you want to go next, Ryan? Yeah, real quick atmosphere. I, I want to give a shout out to the Bills Mafia. It was very loud on television when the Dolphins were on offense. Uh, you you could definitely hear the, the Bills fans trying to uh, get to the Dolphins. It was unbelievable for that for a road game with the division on the line that so many Bills fans truly were in Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, it was really cool. And actually, the when we were going down after the game, the, the elevator. Are you losing me? Yeah, I think I'm losing. Yeah, getting all. really choppy. Yeah. Can you hear me now or no? Yeah, I, I sent you a text. Uh, Can you hear me? It started to get choppy with Marcel. Okay. All right. Well, let's wrap this up shortly. But I will say this building was probably half. I think that that was true. Like a lot of people were like, it's not going to be half Bill Sands. There was a ton of blue in here. When I was walking down to the post-game press conference room, I had to go through the stadium. And, man, was it loud and was there a lot of blue. You know, Bill's Mafia did show up out here. Uh, we are totally um, – breaking up here so we got to cut this thing off 45 minutes we'll be back with so much content we'll get into this afc playoff pitcher this pittsburgh steelers um matchup so much he's ryan i'm matt from hard rock stadium 
We will see you this week, everybody. Take care.